The king is here. Let's do it. <laughs> it's been the recording this whole time, though, though just right. so you know. Yeah. Um, I have a really... Sorry to end the fun, but I have some deep questions for you guys. Okay, okay. So, what would you say... For, for deep questions today, should I uh, whisper into here like this? <laughs> yeah, you should whisper the uh, deep answer voice. All right. Um, what would you say for you guys, and I'll start with my dear friend here, um, Alex. What would you say was the life-changing experience for you if you had to look back? My whole, in, in, my whole no, life? No, just in Cuba. Uh, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, no, that's kind of deep, huh? <laughs> um, definitely seeing a team that is already fully embodying the cultural mission that we're, we've set out to accomplish. You know, we're, we're trying to build a certain way of life and approach to solving problems and a team environment and building that camaraderie and like team bonding within our community. And this, this was a place where we traveled to and uh, a place of minimal opportunity. And yet we're having, I was blown away when I realized that this team that we're working with is the culture that we're building. How ironic right. is it? That we've naturally fallen into this group of people who already are all they're about it you know they get it they're actively living that life what better what better people to to build um and bring your your ideas into reality nice so that was that was a profound realization and experience to like you know be working hand in hand with them in the office and solving problems right next to them where you know these are Cubans who speak Spanish, and yet I'm having the opportunity to solve some of the coolest problems on the whiteboard with them. Right. And and just to share that love and passion for creativity and, and bringing something to the world that's beyond you, that, that really blew me away. Right. And I know you're very introspective, so when you look back... Sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, would you say there was any introspective aspect to the answer you just gave as far as, like, find not finding yourself, but you know, something that you realize about yourself or about your life or about your journey, more of a personal discovery. Yeah. Um, definitely how, how much that team has, um, okay, basically there's no, there's no excuse or, or alternative to creating the most innovative solutions you know they don't have the resources and the luxury of of half-assing something they have to build it so ingenious that it solves the problems that everyone else can't can't solve and that's just to get the opportunity to build something for right. someone that's you know it's like you're, you're trying to achieve uh they're basically trying to live in the future while they're in the past right right and and to see their approach to um making a difference when that's their reality that really uh made me think of how much i already have and how much more i could be doing with the resources that i do have right and that, that there's really no excuse um after after experiencing kind of what they're all about you know that's amazing man i like that i like that yeah how about for you tristan well um i i don't really you know 
when I, when I think about the past, I don't really label it as like the Velcuba trip as being the time slot. Um, my time is a little more fuzzy than that. It's like the experience approaching the Cuba trip and the after effects after that and all of that blended together. So my time is, my time clumps together. Right. Um, I don't really have these clear distinctions. Um, the thing that I realized during the Cuba trip what, uh, that was profound uh, is that time is a relative concept. Um, you know, innovation and, and technology, it, it affects human beings in very complex ways. And just there, every time you travel, you really see that the world is much bigger than you thought it was. Mm. You know, you like, as you're landing, and, and I know everybody has this, as you're landing in an airplane and you're approaching the airport, you look down the last few minutes and you're like, where is all of this every day? All this size, all of this like structure and all these, there's farmlands, you know, you're driving, you're flying by New York and you see farms and you're like, how come I don't know about this tomorrow morning? Right. Why does this slip out of my mind? So I, I think that the profound thing that has been happening as a, as a, um, just in general, last few months have been really seeing the world through a different lens a different perspective a different dimension mm. and uh, once you see it in that lens it sort of takes away the mis mystique or mystery of the world and you just see it as a set of systems a set of patterns and um and shapes beautiful shapes right. and uh, all of them are open for you to explore that's Everything. so true what you said about the it takes away from the mystery of the world because i know when i started traveling i in a weird way, I started realizing how small the world is. Mm -hmm. You know, before I started traveling, I was like, it's so mysterious. And you see the globe and it's like all these countries and continents. And then you start traveling and start realizing, wow, everybody's the same. You know, like you know, everybody's yeah. out there going through the same struggles. Everybody's and, looking for the same thing. Yeah. Everybody's trying to solve similar problems. Uh, everybody's trying to uh, survive in a similar way. Unnecessarily, by the way. I mean, those are... Uh, the, the the whole survival business, the whole like, kind of trying to um, make it on a daily basis, th that is something that we've evolved away from as a species. It's simply just the, uh, the the knowledge hasn't propagated throughout the planet. But it's absolutely unnecessary to be uh, hungry today. Right, right. So we have a tradition here on cheesecake and coffee, which is we actually come up with the name of the podcast. In mm -hmm. the beginning, I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to do that. And something that the universe is telling me right now because of what you remind me of and what you, you two represent, Alex and Tristan, Elon Musk. So that's speaking to me right now. Elon Musk? Elon Musk, yeah. Elon Musk needs protection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Not. Yeah. Well, so before we get... Before we, get into, before we get into Elon Musk, can you guys talk about the amazing things that you guys do? Um, yeah, sure. You can split that or you can, one person can do it. You want me to hit them with the truth? Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is Tristan and Alex. semi-merciful. Right? Yeah, yeah. Tristan Blake. So, um, all right. Well, every time, a lot of time that we spend building this thing is trying to understand it. Um, building what exactly? Uh, it. Okay. Her. She. Okay. Right? <laughs> um, now, it's software. 
um, but software is culture in our opinion, right? You design culture and then you transform it into software. But you don't consider yourself a software engineer. What do you? What would you consider I'm yourself a for a stranger? Engineer. Culture engineer. You're a cultural engineer. Okay. Yeah, I simply use software as a canvas on which to um, instantiate the culture that I've uh, designed, that I've architected. Okay. Much like a legitimate architect with a blueprint and with a plan, and it, and we're more and more realizing that um, as a network company, as a as a conscious network, uh, building a next generation type of network with intelligence. Um, we're a neuroscience company. So uh, before we would have said, said that we're a data science company, that we're a uh, you know information processing company, that we're a community and not a company. We, we don't really know what we are, but uh, the closest that we come right now is it's a social, we've designed and developed a social instrument to help people communicate better. Mm. Now, you might be saying or thinking, uh, people communicate fine. Well, I'm going to ask you, you walk up to a girl or a girl walks up to a guy and in the street, anywhere, and instantaneously, where does the, just a random person walks up to another random person to ask for the time? But walking up, there are so many calculations to make in order to be perceived as non-threatening to be perceived as sexual or non-sexual, right? There is chemistry, there is uh, people's moods, both sides, there's language, there's an, an incredibly complex number of um, interactions that people have. And we've never really mapped those out in a way that has been taught to people to use the entire spectrum of conversation and, and uh, communication for specific reasons and those specific reasons could be well it could be rollerblading together it could be dating or it could be building a new solar panel or a new type of energy cell right so we we look at networks of people um we happen to have uh, really good relationships and networks locally here and, and abroad and we try to understand what is the basis of these relationships and why what is that sticky factor that keeps people um in a marketplace to exchange not only capital but also ideas and mm. creativity and curiosity and we find that just like oil there is a untapped a lots of untapped reserves of creativity hidden somewhere and we're building a radar a a some sort of system to magnetize this creativity and intelligence and to let it and broadcast it, mm. right? So an oil well, literally a, a thing that goes into the source of where that creativity is stored. I think that's in the, in the mind. That's why we're a neuroscience company. We need to penetrate the mind and get, get through all of the barriers that people put up to protect themselves from misinformation. And we gain access by committing to a standard of truth that is higher than any other standard others have ever seen because we architected it uh, in right. order to achieve that goal. So, yeah, a uh, culture creation machine, a, yeah. a, a social instrument. Uh, right, not, right. Yeah, no. Intelligence service provider. An ISP. <laughs> yeah, intelligence yeah. service provider. So, I heard you mention uh, neuroscience <laughs> company. So what do, you, what do you guys think is the future of neuroscience? Well, behavior, understanding human behavior. Unlocking the subconscious. 
unlocking the well people today they often focus on consciousness like I'm conscious of this very moment I have a coffee a phone in front of me I'm conscious I'm looking at you right but is my subconscious healthy well if you're always distracted or you seem to can't form good habits because you have too many bad habits you your conscience your subconscious is unhealthy if you walk down the you know, if you go to work and you hear all these dings and buzzes and, and things that kind of irritate your subconscious, um, you consciously might not be uh, conscious of it, but subconsciously you're sick. Um, and today, I mean, there's just new viruses that are, just like there's a computer virus, there's a biological virus, well now there are social and information viruses. In fact, we're designing a information virus as well, just this one fixes um, problems and, and, and instead of penetrating a network or the mind, it fixes it up and creates order and, and structure. And viruses do that, right? The most modern cancer uh, um, fighting technology actually uses viruses to deliver uh, medicine um, into certain cells that are otherwise impenetrable. For right, right, right. So, Alex, yeah. you want to add to that? Um. All right, that's enough from Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier, Tristan, you were saying that uh, <laughs> you were saying that uh, Elon Musk Musk needs oh. protection. Oh yeah, expand um, on that, please. All right. Well, um, he, so when you when you think about the stock market, right? When you think about economics, when you think about media, when you think about movies, um, all these things are just like a body. They're really um, elements or, or components of cells of a, of a body. And we're just simply microorganisms inside of a larger body. So the United States government is a body composed of people. Um, it might be a brain composed of neurons, which is it's people, uh, starving uh, people. But um, the idea is that um, I think Elon Musk is experiencing a immunoresponse from a unhealthy society, a sick, subcon subconsciously uh, sick society that you know loves the guns and war and all that stuff. Right. Right. I mean, turn on the TV, and if you really just capture how much time you turn on any TV. And you flick the channels and you just record the first 10 seconds of what you see, right? At the end, you look at the stats, count how many guns you've seen, count how many deaths you've witnessed, count how many kind moments you've seen, count how many um, just raw, nothing, just nature scenes you've seen. So really look at that and try to understand from a big data perspective what's happening um, and, and how you're being affected. Uh, but I think the subconscious uh, attack, uh, immunal response, is coming at Elon Musk. And you why do you think that is? Well, you could hear, you know, you could hear people saying, you could listen to people saying, "Oh, I think, well, I think he made a mistake. He shouldn't have said that." The SEC, this and this, and this guy is really kind of our um, a champion, a a, a sacrifice, almost like a sacrifice, a human sacrifice himself for. Um, a new transportation paradigm, a new sort of paradigm in human evolution. And 
if you take him down through some SEC filing or some Twitter feedback, you essentially stunt the development of an entire species. But the truth is it won't stop developing. It will just stop developing in a guided direction. Mm. And the immunoresponse will start eating itself. Uh, that's what happens when you have a really active immune response. Right. So it's eating healthy cells. And I think if it's identified Elon Musk as an unhealthy cell, we have a big fucking problem. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. If the brain is, well, the brain has cancer right now, no? Look at the... <laughs> it's so funny cancer. how... No, it's true. It's yeah. so funny how we as humans, we have the ability to cannibalize each other, mm -hmm. regardless if... Um, what we're whoever we're cannibalizing is bad or good for us, mm -hmm. you know. And in a lot of cases, the person ends up being good, yeah, you know. But I feel like we're changing as a society where we, we've gotten to the point where it's now we're like um, keyboard warriors, mm -hmm. we are um, morality warriors, and we all feel like we know what's best, you know, for us as a human species. And that's not really that's really not the case. The average person does not know what's best for human species as opposed to someone like Elon Musk, for example. Yeah. It's well, just not the case. Yeah. I mean, the average person, like when you really think about what, what that means, um, it, it doesn't, that, that word, it uh, it's hard for me to like, you know, when I think about it, I kind of think about stars or I the think about... context behind it. Yeah. There's so much context. There's so much um, different meanings in different places and times. And uh, I think that if you look at average Americans... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm personally not impressed. Right? I mean, no, cause seriously, cause there's a, um, you know, there's class and style and, um, certain elements of like just passion that I see are critically missing critical thinking, you know, self-analysis. Um, those are the things that I respect and that's why I live here. Right. Um, but in other places that I've lived and those are not, they're, they're actively, um, just push push down. Right. I feel like I've seen a lot of people give up on those types of aspirations of, of doing something greater for themselves because they've internalized some sort of moral code that we've developed in the United States of you know, work hard, uh, keep your head down, and we don't actually go after what we want to. We have had conversations with people who I'm sure have given you some insight into their mind and you're surprised to know what's really behind the curtains mm -hmm. uh, of what they think life should be and yet they choose to live a very uh, mundane existence. And when you ask them why, they just say you know, life's hard or you know that's the way the dice roll. And they don't strive to do something that Elon Musk is trying to achieve. And uh, I think the way we speak of him is being uh, a martyr of sense, you know, sacrifice is really a shame because we should give more support to someone like that and, and really make it impossible for someone like him, uh, a leader in a sense, to, to fail. We should all rally behind someone like that and try to make the most of this uh, generation. Well, isn't that, uh, we, we discussed this earlier, right? Um, a society that uh, let's great ideas die is a is um is a society that's not matured yet right um uh i i you, you look at our civilization today and it's yeah it's it's amazingly you know beautiful and complex and and the buildings and the walls are 
you know, cool and the water runs, which is, you know, uh, complicated in itself. Um, but today we are sort of in that transition period um, between kind of hunters and gatherers, right? The first time that that transition ever happened. Uh, and it was, by the way, uh, brought on by changing climate so, uh, last time too. So every time climate changes, that very much affects our human um, experience. Right. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's kind of a, um, a huge ecosystems collapse going on right now. Like many, An many ecosystems millions. ecosystems collapse? Yeah. Like a lot of people don't know this, but many, many millions of animals are going extinct. Um, at an unprecedented rate, it's actually considered the sixth uh, um, extinction period. We're currently undergoing an accelerated rate of extinction around the world. Um, the white rhino just went, disappeared into history, right? Um, and is, is that due to global warming? That's that due has, to, does that have a hand in it? That's due to our um, dependence on fossil fuels and um, very old energy systems. Right. Uh, that's due to our dependence on meat as a uh, fuel source, and and uh, that's that's due to just the inefficiency of our civilization, really. And an irresponsibility with technology. We have the ability to fish the oceans, and so we we fish it. Yeah, yeah. Um, not dry, but you know, to an extent that causes such mass uh, extinctions. And I think this is the first extinction where one species has wiped out all the others to an extent that we have done. Yeah. Yeah, so we're we're not really conscious as a species, and that's why we keep talking about the hive brain, the hive mind. This right here, this tool, uh, this instrument, um, it should uh, what it should do is connect everyone um, that is holding it into one larger org organism with a brain, um, which is technically probably what I should have started with when I tried to explain what co network yeah. is, but um, it's a larger brain. Um, um, that the, that interprets individuals as neuron brains that compute and calculate information on behalf of the larger um, hive brain, uh, a conscious network made out of uh, smaller and more intimate consciousnesses. Mm. What if we were all on you know, the mobile and, and all on the same app? What kind of things could we hope to achieve if we weren't just wasting our time doing something um, in our networks, but a collective. So all these existing apps and stuff, um, they have pretty much a singular goal. And that singular goal is to uh, not only maintain your attention, but to, but to capture more and more of it. So it's an attention economy, not a creativity economy, an attention economy. And uh, for example, our app, um, we actually want to measure how little time you spend on our platform. Mm. A, because... Uh, what, is the, what is the purpose behind that? Because, well, we don't have advertising. We don't do advertising. The moment you pay a single dollar, you pay me right now 30 cents to grow in your rankings uh, on our boards, immediately you cannot trust my platform. I've lost trust just by moving you up. It doesn't matter if you paid me 30 cents or $30 million. You instantly took away my ability to... Um, to distribute trust and truth across a network. And that's exactly uh, what we need right now as a society. Um, uh, for the data scientists that are listening, we don't need any more deep learning. We need deep trust.
uh, which is the most um, priceless commodity that we have right scarce. now. The scarce, yeah. It's it's based on scarcity, traditional right. economics. Right. Tr trust and truth. So in your opinion, and this question is for you, both of you, I'm going to let Alex go first. What is the future of technology? That's a hard question. I know, that's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell about the surfing. No softball yeah. questions. I mean, <clears throat> in some ways, uh, we kind of view technology as a you know a surfboard. Uh, you're you're surfing a digital wave of information in this new era of technology, right? And I think a lot of it is trying to bring purpose back into the reasons for uh, why we get together and why we use technology in the first place. Yeah to more or less integrate our senses uh, into a seamless transition with technology in order to expand our awareness and capacity to interact with the world and one another in a more meaningful way. So, you know, I'm curious to see where the whole augmented reality uh, Virtual reality. brings us. But yeah. that, that brings both fear and excitement for me. Um, why 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 the why fear? Uh, fear yeah um the possibilities no just it, it seems kind of weird that i could walk into a room and there'd be you know a mixed reality scene where there's essentially holograms in my uh environment that don't have a physical tangible um presence, presence but it almost it almost feels too futuristic in a sense but I also see the value that it brings. I can think of the value that it could have. Um, we think of time as a construct that doesn't actually have any physical interaction with the world other than it being on your watch or on your, your cell phone. Now, what if we were to develop a technology that can influence our lives just as much as time where we are moving um, in that, that space according to its ticks. In a sense where, where our experience is time invariant? So let's, let's look at the idea of holograms where you walk into a room and every person sees a different room mm -hmm. and you're interacting in that space. Exploring sci-fi for a moment, would there be a benefit to us having different experiences or should we all share the same one? You know, should we all be in our own cubicle or uh, experiencing you know these luxuries or should we all try to have some common space and I suppose that's the difference between you know, someone living a lifestyle where they're staying at five-star hotels and others that are living in slums how can we mitigate that and create a technology that can bring us together like time has done uh, I have a little bit of um, I'm gonna riff on his concerns um, basically I believe that the human animal, the homo sapien, is not really uh, mature enough uh, socially, culturally. We don't have the historical, uh, even if we do have the history, we don't have the proper uh, interpretation of it or the respect for it to use it as a tool to uh, manage our expectations of the future, right? So the uh, there's just a bundle of uh, really... 
possibly uh, um, detrimental things that once technology evolves to state and it's going to be very rapid it's already happened it just hasn't happened here yet but it's on the way um in the sense the wave already passed the earthquake already happened just things are going to start you know the gravity is going to change after right right and people don't know that they're waiting for a wave and they're worrying about the wave coming and they're like oh my god i got to protect my house this and that and it's like if you look outside, everything has already been washed over by this layer of information and technology. And they're waiting for something that doesn't happen, that, that, that's not going to happen. But the opportunity is riding on top of the wave. And it's moving on. It's moving ahead of people, beyond people, in front of people, away from people, and at an accelerating rate. So if you're not sitting on top of this as a well information aristocrat, you're simply falling behind at an accelerating rate, which is uh, tragic. Uh, and uh, but uh, but nature nonetheless. So I respect that uh, uh, reality, but at the same time I feel um, I feel responsible to a certain extent uh, right. as a guy who's trying to make sure everybody has an equal distribution of outcomes despite unequal distribution of uh, skills and uh, commitments and contributions. Would you say that there's one wave that is already moving or there are multiple waves and we can all start paddling and jumping on the board? There are multiple waves, um, but in order to uh, uh, take advantage of them or to, or to understand that you should go grab your surfboard, right, to literally surf this this creativity wave and they just they're interacting with each other um it's a it's a lawless environment it's it's you know wild 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 information territory it, just like real estate in the real world right now there is real estate in the digital world that is being scooped up right. for, for micro crypto fractions you know it's you can grab entire dimensions in a digital world um, right now for free essentially so you said something earlier about uh, feeling a sense of responsibility do you feel like that responsibility or at least I feel like that responsibility should be spread across the board or do you do you personally feel like that responsibility should be um, between a, a, a small group of people like the, the technological pioneers and so on and so forth. So, I mean, you know what? Uh, there is there is kind of a cutoff point. Like, why can't everybody be an astronaut? Well, because you'll throw up if you go into the, uh, you know, the chamber that right. spins you, right? And some people will just keep passing out because they don't have the lung capacity or the, the physical makeup. So, no, you can't go to the moon. You just don't have the body for it. You can't go to Everest either. You'll die or you'll have hypoxia. Well, the same thing with um, this digital revolution. Um, not sure if it's, uh, you know, um, I, I just think it's the way that your brain is wired um, from a certain age point. But if you haven't been wired a certain way or you haven't come from an innovation uh, ecosystem, you sort of have a very bad golf swing. And I don't, mm. when everybody else is getting more, more accurate, 
um, and using big data to influence their personal lives. Like for, for example, me, I, I use tons of services to track millions of my gestures and microtransactions and give me output where I can change my behavior based on what I design on my spreadsheet. I, I can design my personality. I can design my humor and my interpretation of humor. I can design my musical skills at a speed and a rate using um, my tools that other people would take decades to master. Right? Because there's an algorithm and a process to everything. And unless you come from a, um, a society that is um, comfortable with uh, introspection and, tool and, and, and critical thinking, you just don't really stand a chance against information aristocrats. Uh, and that's a shame, mm. but it's uh, sort of um, the modern reality. Right, right. Do you think there? Do you think you're going to see a time where, um, and I, we've kind of talked a little bit about this in the past, where humans and technology kind of merge? And I think you can kind of see that already now, in different facets, facets of uh, technology and uh, the medical field. So, what are your thoughts on that? We've already done it. Did, it's already yeah. the waiver was already passed a long time ago. Look what we're we're staring at each other, and we're talking through these things. And the people that are listening, if they're listening, they're listening through some electronic. It's not our real voice. This is synthesized and uh, right. and electric and digital. It's not analog. So, I don't know. I'm looking at a lot more technology than I am looking at people right now. Yeah. We are cyborgs. I'm, you know, it's yeah. that whole thing of like, when is it coming? No, when did it happen? Is the new question. Mm. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it, and that leads me to another question, which is, what do you think that so the role of social media is going to play in the future? Do you think it's going to be a different form of social media that we that we see now, or do you think it's going to be something newer? So, what, oh, what well, are your thoughts on that? I know that I know that's a huge can of worms, but well, um, so you know how like there's uh, there's a Honda, right? I have nothing against Honda, but I think it's a shitty car. I think it's ugly. Um, it's my interpretation. It's my opinion, but it's not as nice as a Maserati, for example, right? Well, um, if you could choose, would you choose a Honda or a Lamborghini? Same thing with networks, right? Same thing with digital experiences. Uh, same thing with cruises. Same thing with countries. Uh, same thing with hotels. Um, the rich and people that uh, appreciate quality, right? They're willing to spend $1,000 on a bottle of wine because they appreciate the flavor. I actually don't think there is flavor in wine, but that's <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? Um, but the people that want to uh, spend money or time, uh, that's the new kind of value. Uh, um, that's the original value, just it was unfortunately uh, diluted by uh, something called money, but it was always time that was more irrelevant. Um, so just like networks, um, uh, you know, you could go to a bad restaurant and eat at McDonald's and that's general people's food. Imagine that's Facebook is McDonald's. I like to eat at a nice sushi shop run by a three Michelin star chef. So I'll go to the type of network that, well, you have to have a dress code on there, no? Right, right. You have right. to have a certain standard. You have to smell a certain way or not smell a certain way. So, um, these are... Networks that are quite discriminatory and uh, hopefully not on race or um, anything like that, but more on behavior and health of subconscious. Wow, good answer. How about you? 
Well, actually, I'm going to ask you a different question. What do you think, Alex, is the problem with social media? Actually, that's a question for Alex and Gabriel. <clears throat> what do you guys think are some of the problems with social media today? I guess it depends who you're asking and how they currently use social media. Okay. Um, I've tried to stay away from it for the most part. I mean, I can't say I have succeeded in that wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely been a slave to it at many times. And I think for me and for many others, there's been this um, subconscious chain reaction from result uh, that results from using this type of social media where, you know, likes and this existential validation is what's um, essentially ingrained in the experience. You know, you're, you're, for the most part, posting a bunch of content to get likes so that you, you know... It's like a dopamine reaction that, right? oh, I'm checking that I still exist, and mm. uh, I just got to post on my Snapchat, and thank, thankfully, right. uh, I'm still here, you know? <laughs> I got 100 likes, I'm still here, I'm, I'm relevant. Right. Um, and that's kind of, I, I feel like the authenticity of yourself and how you operate outside of that is diminishing, and it's, um, and maybe maybe it's just my opinion, but I feel... You're, you're, it's a, a platform that idolizes being someone that you're not necessarily, that's not necessarily who you are. You're trying to conform to what, you know, the current trends like and, and, um, I just think we need to give people their true voice and the current platforms that are out there don't really ask me the right questions that help me, that help lead me through a meditation that actually gets me to uh, a more real truth of myself and right. what I'm trying to embody and, and how I'm doing that. Um, it's kind of a free-for-all. and So for me, I really want the social media to be more interactive with developing myself and asking me questions. Like, I want to interact right, right, more right. with this network. You know, that's the idea of this conscious network is the first step is having the conversation with yourself. Mm. And that's what our network is designed to do is to start that conversation with, with yourself, yourself and ask you the questions that really help you drill down and understand what do you value? You know, why do you value that in the first place? Right, and, right. Um, kind of just taking a more, you know, introspecting more as to how things are impacting your conscious and subconscious mind and leading people through this exercise of introspection and provide them with an opportunity to just think more concrete and critically about themselves and express themselves in that new way. And, and not only that, but also find others who are expressing themselves through a similar modality. Right, right. That's great, man. How about you, Gabriel? I just want to extend on what Alec was saying because I've had experiences with, let's say, Facebook where you're able to put titles of books that you've read that you know, compose your being. And so you can then connect with others who've posted those same books you know, because you've, you've shown up in, um, I don't know, their searches of, of someone who may have a commonality, but to be able to link your words, you know, as Alex said, that first step is getting to know yourself to, with some uh, artificial intelligence, other people's own words, and to link those ideas to each other and, and give the other a tap, you know artificially so that you can get 
out of the house and meet with that person and do something that's actually in the realm of human connection is something that social networks now are possibly lacking. I felt like when I was using social networks, it was to to find something, you know, to find a relationship, uh, whether it be uh, romantic or platonic, but it, it was always lacking. Uh, I needed to, as I said, get out of the house in order to find that, so I just stopped using social networks entirely. But this concept of getting to know yourself and then having some artificial intelligence connect you to others, I think is a, a fantastic way to start developing uh, a revolution of, of how we interact with each other, how we have experiences, how we connect. How about AI connecting you to yourself? Let's go. Now, some of the, <laughs> the applications that you talked about, which let you track your daily life and shape who you are, those seem really interesting to me. What are some that you use, I'm curious, that are on the right track, if you will? Well, actually, what um, what I meant, and, and I'll answer that too, but what I actually meant was um, there are times of the day that I really want to stretch and go for a run and work out. I know myself when I'm feeling that way, but then there's a few hours later when I'm hungry and I'm tired, and I don't want to work out. I have to work out, but my body's telling me no. Um, and if only the part of myself from the past could come and say to me in my own voice, with my own vigor of that time, and be like, come on, come on, come on, come on let's go. I want to work out. Let's do it. I actually want to run. I know, you know, let's, let's go. And I would have to answer me, myself, with a, a response like, oh, I'm tired and me from before would be like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, who am I talking to right now? Because it would only know the me from that time. And my point is that that you, um, that instance of you or that emotion or, or chemistry of you, I, could ver I think it could be simulated by an AI that, well, is with you during that time. And when you're a different self, you're, you, let's say you're depressed or your whatever, it can talk to you from the perspective of you in your best time. Yeah. I see, I see. Oh, I don't like that. Wouldn't it be interesting if we could somehow track our body's intake of not just um, molecules being food or, or energy, but to do so in a way that enables us to be sure that if we are to eat this carrot or we are to see this friend or talk about this certain subject, use these words, then we are going to feel a certain way and we map that out so that we know in order to be ready for my exercise in two hours, I need to eat this, I need to make sure I, I stay away from um, people who, who bring me down, I need to listen to this music, you know, we do that to ourselves, we put the, ourselves in those shock moods, you know, we can jump into a, uh, what do you call those, the, the dunk, like Tony Robbins, you know, he, he jumps into the cold water. Well, you're going to have to choose your networks wisely. Mm. See, your network will shape your behavior. We've learned that. Your network shape your behavior. You're on a, a network that has violence on it, you become more violent. 
love, kindness, peace, uh, you obviously experience that uh, as, a res as a result. So in the future, or in the present, which is the same thing really for me, um, how do you choose your network wisely in a way that you choose the network and the people and the rules that it's established? So every network is going to have its unique rules of the, you know, of cyberspace, right? When you walk into this territory, this digital landscape, you take on this character almost like a video game, almost like World of Warcraft, right? You are an orc or you are a the best version of yourself when it comes to the creation of new tools or sciences or software. Right. Or you're the most creative part of yourself uh, when you design video games or art. So choose your network wisely. If, if Now I'll tell you this, and this is the problem with human behavior, and this is the sad part. Um, we like to practice fight or flight so that we're ready for the situation that's been established evolutionarily. Like That's why we like scary movies in order to get us afraid but in a safe way so that we w we watch that TV and despite looking at that ghost you're learning what to do if you see a ghost mm. okay your brain is picking up a uh, free uh, almost calories of experience by watching somebody else that's why we love doing that right right now what if that free experience uh, that that you're getting is of a negative one that is training you um, and spending your time in a way that you're not con fully conscious of. And that's what people are going to choose horror movies over, well, documentaries about uh, happiness, right? Two extremes, both train you to do something. One is uh, actually biologically beneficial for you because it's uh, good for your body to be prepared for fight or flight. But your mind requires uh, compassion and clarity and, and um, self-awareness. And that's at a unfortunate um, uh, sort of, you can only pay attention to one thing at a time. It's, it's either flight or you know, fight or it's introspection and planning for uh, something. Right. I right. see the underlying theme there being that we don't need to find the silver bullet, we need to be the silver bullet in our own lives. We need to take action in order to achieve the goals that we wish to achieve. You need to be fortunate enough to um, um, see, see the opportunity, see the opportunity. Right. or a version of the truth, which is, uh, um, you know, it's funny, like, the more, uh, I'm, I come from a very bad um, experience and background, so uh, it took many years to um, literally stop self-sabotaging or you expect a negative outcome by growing up where I lived and where he lived, where you guys probably also have some experience. And um, when you have had so many bad experiences that the moment a good thing happens to you, you literally freeze and watch your back. Because you know that, you know what it's like to be a fish with a hook in its mouth. You've, you've bit on that hook before. It's called um, hope. Mm. It's a terrible feeling that I've heard from people you know, where I feel like everything is going right and yet they, they give me their input of the moment and warn me about what's to come next mm -hmm. rather than expect something good to happen of it. Mm -hmm. And that's an experience that we need to erase from our, from our 
existence. Existence, exactly. We need to not surround us with with uh, people who think like that. I'm afraid. You know, I think it's every person's uh, um, almost goal, like goal, or or maybe it's their fortune to search their entire lives to find something that's more important and bigger than them. Mm. That's pretty much like the, the moment you can start looking for something, that's what you start looking for. Right, something bigger right, than right. you. I like that. Because if you find that, you literally outsource your ego onto something else and something else becomes way more important than you are. And when you're thinking about yourself, um, that's not a great way to spend time with yourself or by yourself. Right, right. That's an unhealthy um, uh, self-relationship. Um, it allows the voices that are not the smartest to be the loudest. Mm, that's true. Speaking of a silver bullet, uh, which you said earlier, I have a final civil bullet question for all three of you. Because I know we can talk about, talk about this all night. Um, and my question is, what is your vision for the future? And I'll start with Alex. Mine is that we take all of us, simply put, have some introspection into what that means in your life. If you have to do something, just imagine yourself in that moment where you're reaching for something greater than yourself. And you don't know where you're going to land, but, but feel how exciting it is to be suspended in that moment, going towards your goal with no net. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Gabriel. I, th <clears throat> I think part of it is uh, to move away from the environment where you're clawing at one another to climb this totem pole of quote-unquote success yeah you're pulling people down in order to get there and really at, from a community perspective and just a, a humanity perspective helping bring everyone up together you know you know building support and and a foundation for everyone to succeed and come together and really create that unification that i think we're, we're continuing to lose at a exponential rate right right now that it's it's ironic that we're we're the most we're the most connected and yet disconnected at the same time. I know I've been thinking about that lately, man. I don't think there's ever been a moment in time where there were so many lonely people. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? I and think why? I mean I think technology has a huge hand in that. I think technology separates, you know. Um it makes you feel like I mean it's the same like now people when just think about it. When someone when your phone rings, you're like who's calling me? You know, it's 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 gotten to the point where you know, before everybody called, there was no texting. Now it's when you get a, a phone call, it's why are you calling me? <laughs> you it's know, it's refreshing when they do. Of course, it is. It is, but that's how much technology has had an impact on us. Uh, it's know? it's it's kind of very uh, regarding that um, people people simply the fact that they don't know how to communicate. And the fact that every person has such a unique experience today, like back in the day, you could find, you know, a million people in a, you know, in villages near each other and their lives were literally the same. So they had some other people to connect to and explore their life and their challenges together. Today, um, every single person's experience is so unique on a daily basis 
that we literally have almost nothing in common except for the fact that we go to the bathroom and that we all and that we all have own it like a cell phone but the model and make is different the operation system is different the people we communicate with around the world are different the languages are different so it's so mixed and complicated and different like your apartment is very different from my apartment right and it's different in almost every way that's not a thing that we're comfortable with because we like things to be uh, ordered and simple and and uh familiar well basically start enjoying uh things that don't look familiar right or else you're gonna have a hard time yeah nice enjoy the enjoy the <laughs> curious and the uh random and strange and uh, randomness is in vogue mm. strangeness uh, um non-commonness um different is sexy now uh, and different in an elegant way in a in a unique and and profound way uh is now uh beautiful it's not about there's not one vision of what is an uh, you know a, a beautiful person it's like uh you you can now select a variety of different models and makes and create your own experience so. right right well on that note we're going to wrap this up uh how can the people find you guys innovation-labs.co okay on social media do you have any uh social media handles people would like to follow I do not. you do not okay not alex yet. does not have a Let's social media handle this way if, we don't want if, if uh <laughs> if they're out there and they're they'll listening they'll find us okay Trust so me. do you want to uh, just make sure you reintroduce yourself did you say your yeah. full name so yeah. they could find you earlier no no uh so my name is alex hartung and i'm uh, living in san diego okay last name is spelled H-A-R-T-U-N-G. Okay. And Gabriel? Uh, Gabriel Rincon, spelled R-I-N-C-O-N. And you can find me by typing my name into the search engine. Just like that. And Gabriel is on Instagram. He does have one post, so he is, he is active. <laughs> and then Tristan. Yeah, so uh, glad I didn't have to answer the last question because <laughs> I, I could slip by that because I'm yeah. a very next time yeah um but uh tristan blake um you can find me on i think a lot of different networks okay yeah. yeah you pop up yeah. he, he's he's out there just yeah he he's out there <laughs> all right oh, guys uh, he's, been, he's been pushing his legs now. oh <laughs> no no it's gonna get oh no 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 i've t i took a little hiatus yeah for like a little sabbatical like meditation and stuff are you back Oh my God! I, I'm like ready to hit the street with like nice. a force that nobody's ever seen before. All right, it's guys, Tristan is ready to hit the street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Until next time. Yeah, thank you. Peace thank you. out. <laughs>